When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Peter. And this is Tom. And you're listening to History Teachers Talking Podcasts. All right, this is Peter Zablocki and Thomas Reska, and welcome back to our podcast. Tommy, this is a depressing one, but I think quite interesting. Well, it's definitely one that um, the story has been told over the years, obviously, but it's one that we haven't con- we haven't talked about yet. Um, we've been talking about talking about it for a while. I know it's one of the ones you really wanted to talk about. A story that definitely has lasting effects. It's one of those tragedies, but I guess you could argue that some good did come from this tra- these tragedies, and actually the people involved in it, these women, knew that they were not going to get better, right? We're talking about the radium yeah. girls, in case people haven't already picked it up, or obviously you see that as soon as you look at the tag on the podcast. I, I was going to say, right? Like, it's just right there. We've gone through this, Pete. You tend to forget that. It happens. It happens at, at your age. It's but, late. Um, it's my age. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's also really important um, because they kind of knew what was happening to them and they realized, you know, we have to make sure it protects people in the future, you know, other people working in, you know, in this case, the factory. But it has long-lasting effects because it winds up creating, like we talked about before, OSHA, which is um, extremely important for safe workplace environments, not just in factories, but anywhere. Yep. Yeah, the, uh, the effects of this, or rather the outcomes of the topic we're going to talk about today, Radium Girls, are still felt to this day. And also there is some New Jersey con- connection here as well because of the fact yeah. that uh, the first real case against Radium really happened here, right here in New Jersey. So yeah, U.S. Orange, yep. So just like a quick premise, and then we'll break it down you know, into more specifics as well as kind of go over what radium is and how it was treated at the time. However, basically about 100 years ago, glow-in-the-dark watches became like a novelty. They became extremely popular specifically for military purposes. I'm sure you guys have had them or even some of you might have glow-in-the-dark watches, but essentially the dials are covered in a special luminous paint. And the way it works, as we probably already know, this luminous paint basically shines most of the time, especially if you charge it in the sunlight. It like really, really shines. It, it looked like magic. Like an, right? actually, yeah, well, it was considered like magic. This magic element. Those of you born in like the 80s, you might remember all those like, I guess they still make them now, those like glow-in-the-dark toys or the glow-in-the-dark t-shirts. Yeah. It's different. It's different. It's not the same. It's not the same. Um, Levels. <laughs> by level. It's not using in the radium paint. It's used, It's a different isotope now. They haven't used this type since the 70s, which is really crazy. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah, um, even the fact that it went that long. That long. Um, yeah, but they used different. They had some safety precautions put in place. But um, yeah, so anything was good. Same thing. I remember my son has a couple of those toys. You know, you hold it up to the light and you shut the lights off and it like, glows. And I used to love those yeah. things. It's the same basic principle. It's the isotopes, right? It's charging with the photons and it's going to be And that's what people would do. They'd have their watch on during the day and then it would glow at night. And it was mostly used for the military because remember yeah. World War One is going on at this time. Yep, absolutely. Trench warfare and whatnot. But yeah, I remember when I was younger too, like I had um, I had this like religious figure that um, my one grandma got it for me. And my other grandma, who was also very religious, you know, was like, you can't, you, you can't have this figure. Just use this figure. Put this one by your bed. Because the one that my other grandma gave me was like one of those glow in the dark ones. And I never really got it when I was little. But my, my other, I thought just my one grandma just didn't like the other one because she was like, no, put this one away. You know, this one's bad for you. It's not good for you. It's bad for you. And like, I kind of like, 
after you know studying this, it probably was bad. This is communist yeah, Poland, so it probably was like you know eighties, yeah, early eighties. It probably yeah, was yeah, from the seventies. Yeah, it probably was stuff. pretty bad. Yeah, maybe my yeah. my one grandma was kind of correct. Uh, I had isotope from from Chernobyl in there. God knows, man. God knows. <laughs> but um, essentially, what's happening here is so one of the first factories that produces these watches that become this novelty is actually opened in New Jersey in nineteen sixteen, and it hires about seventy women. Eventually, leading to thousands to be employed in many such factories throughout the United States. And it was a very well-paid job. Quite frankly, paid three times the amount than any normal job, any other job for women at the time. And basically what these women had to do is there was like a delicate task of applying the paint to the tiny dials, right? And women were instructed to point the brushes with their lips, basically, yeah. because after you painted a few times, the brush got kind of, you know. Yeah, it, it was wide. camel hair brushes, right? And they were yep. told what it was called is lip dip paint. Yep. That's what I saw in all these things. So lip dip paint. And they wanted to do this one because it would make it cleaner, but also it would go faster. So they, yes. they were paid by the watch. Yeah. So they, they got about like a penny or three cents, whatever it was per watch. So it actually adds up. And if you get to 100, 250 watches a day, which was like what they were like told to do, that adds up, which was big money for um, back then, back in 1917, the early 1920s. Yeah. But, but the story here doesn't have a good ending. I mean, right? I mean, what well, happens well, to no, the freedom grows? Well, a bunch of things happened, but I want to get, I guess we should get into the background a little bit. Yeah, first. let's get into background. Let's talk stuff. about radium and as a miracle cure and all that, right? It was baseball. First of all, it was discovered, right, by the mm-hmm. Curries, right? I'm sure yep. you've heard, we all know them. It could be a future podcast, right, with them. Yep. And they kind of knew that something that it was kind of harmful. The, oh, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. They, they, but they, the belief was it was only harmful in like big doses. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what you're going to hear a lot here is it was harmless in small doses, which is kind of true. But the thing is that they're, they're, these, these women were exposed prolongedly to every day. Yeah, they were they're basically being, ingesting it. it. And that's another thing. If it, It's somewhat harmless or if it gets on your hand in small exposure, but if it gets into your system in any way, that's when it's a problem because it's bombarding you from the inside. Like Your skin can kind of protect you to a certain degree, but when it gets inside, it's not going to help you. And remember, uh, Marie and um, Pierre, Curry, right? she, yeah, uh, Curry, she dies from radiation poisoning. Yep. From handling large, large parts of it, she got burned many times. Her husband said he he's not, he doesn't even want to be in the room with the stuff. I saw that. Yeah, he said even one little kilogram. He's like, yeah, now that stuff like, in a room, I want to be no part of it. He's like, I'm not going in there. But throughout the early 20th century, like people actually drank radium infused water. You can find ads. You could actually buy it. Like now, you would you know put I guess like an Alka Seltzer and drop it into like tonic water. Oh, this you was the vitamin it. water. This was the vitamin yeah. water of its time. Yeah, you could you could buy like a tablet of radium, basically leave it in there. It's going to radiate your water and drink it. It was going to be good for you because they run pretty quickly. It did help cure cancer. That was the radiation. Thing. Yeah. So they just thought it would do it for everything. So they would use um, tonic water, like I said. They would brush their teeth with it with radium toothpaste. They wore radium um, cosmetics because they gave their skin a bright, cleary glow. Well, when we get into like the, the girls, the women would actually on. I kept on reading on several sites that they would wear their. They would paint their teeth with it too. Well, they would paint their teeth with it so they have a nicer smile. But yeah. on Fridays, they would wear their best dresses. To work. Per, to work so that the dust would get on it. So when they went out dancing that night, and they, it would would kind of, they, they would glow and they would sprinkle somewhere in their hair because it would actually glow and it would draw attention. It's glowing because it's radioactive. Again, people just didn't – yeah, literally. People just didn't understand that then. But imagine now people are putting this radioactive stuff all over them. I guess they have like those glow paints and stuff now. But again, it's totally different that's things, same. That's right? That's the same. Yeah. You, you know, people used to go to those glow parties all the time. All the time. The 90s, that, that late was, 90s. That, that, that was big for you. However, like this craze you're talking about, right? This, this no, idea, comment, no comment. 
No, no comment. No comment. We're going to let that one go. Um, <laughs> however, like as you're talking about this, this miracle cure, I mean, it basically stemmed from the fact that, yeah, this cures cancer, right? So therefore, if it cures cancer, and there was basically that according to the studies, it said that radioactivity released some form of energy. So the idea was like, well, adding a little bit of energy is not going to hurt my body. It's going to make it better as opposed to yeah. make it harmful. It, that's what I thought, yeah. So, you know, like you have, like you said, these tonics, these, these, there was one particular tonic that you would drink was basically water. It was called the Radi, Radithor, Radithor, I yeah. think. It was distilled water with tiny amounts of radium in it. And it was advertised as the cure for the living dead. Like how eerie is that? And like, when you start thinking about it and apparently they said, like, if you have arthritis or gout or anything else, drink some of this Radithor and like, it's going to help you. People literally, this was the energy drink, which is insane, but it was a wonder, more- it was a wonder drug. It was going to yeah, cure absolutely. everything. It was going to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. There was one American socialite, an athlete, Eben Byers. He became like notorious for drinking a bottle of this Radithor every day for years. You know, he yeah. was like a big advertiser for it, right? He was like the athlete spokesman and he winds up dying from it in 1932. He literally dies from like really massive deterioration of his bones. Um, That's what it does. Yeah. It's so the, the headline, this is kind of terrible, but the headline of Wall Street Journal about his death after he died said the radium water worked fine until his jaw came off. Like, that's kind of brutal. It um, destroyed all the calcium. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's, so let's get into that. You want to get into that? Well, basically, there was more than one company that was producing this radium. Uh, The one that we're going to talk about is from the United States Radium Corporation. And they had, there was, um, they made a bunch of uh, luminous paints, basically. Mm -hmm. And they um, called it under a brand name known as Undark. That's what it was. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that that was their brand of paint was called Undark because it glowed in the dark. So original, right? Back in the 1920s. So like we said before, um, this U.S. Radium Corporation, they hired about 70 women to perform these tasks. And what they were doing is, um, again, we'll get back to it, something called lip dip and paint. That's what they were told to do. But again, if you um, do a little more research, a lot of the factory workers, the higher ups, they knew that it was bad for you. Oh, off the bat. And they never touched it. They were never in the rooms with it. Um, men who were moved around the big barrels of this around, they wore lead suits and lead that covered their um, waist and their genitals, basically. Mm-hmm. Because they, and they, if, if a woman ever asked, well, why are they wearing those suits and we're not? They're like, oh, because they're dealing with it in large numbers. You're just dealing with it like a little little powder, like yeah. a, little, like, can, a little can of it. So it's not as much. And he just said, oh, okay. Yeah. And But the problem was they're licking the, every time they licked it or you know, and twirled it to make like that fine point, it was getting into their system. And the idea was that because the brush would lose its shape after a few strokes, you had to almost lick it to like get it back to a fine point because that watch, the the faces of those clocks and watches were so small. small. So small, yeah. Right? I actually saw there was this one woman, her name was uh, Mae Keen, and she uh, was one of the last... one of Survivors, the last radium right? girls to, to, to die. She yeah. fought, she died in uh, 2014 at the age of 107, but she had numerous cancers. She didn't last. She wasn't there that long, but she said she just didn't like the job. She didn't like um, the grittiness of the paint. Yeah. And then one of the workers, one of the plant, I guess, supervisors, I go, you don't like, you don't like this job. And she's like, no. He's like, okay, you're allowed to quit. And, he, and she's like, oh, thank you. And she left. Oh, wow. After that. That's one reason why they think she's survived, but she still had numerous cancers and stuff like that. But she just said she didn't like the, te- the taste of the radium paint and other, but other, Women did. They just thought it was awesome. Like they, like I said, yeah. like you said, they would paint their teeth with it. 
Well, so basically, as it's as it's coming out, the idea here is just so how does this work and why is this actually hurting them? When ingested, right, radium uh, is dangerous, obviously, because it chemically behaves very much like calcium. Mm -hmm. So the, your body uses calcium to make bone, like bone marrow and everything. So when you ingest radium, it is mistaken for calcium and basically gets incorporated into your bone. So the it's major, so yeah, the major health risk of in, ingesting radium. Which, which basically what they did every single day is radiation-induced bone ne necrosis. A ne I think it's necrosis. And, and necrosis. bone cancer. Yeah, and bone cancers. Except this is very slow. So it doesn't. it's not like you ingest it and like you get sick that night. It's basically you, it gets in your bloodstream. It takes and, a long time. Exactly. Then it goes into your bone marrow and into your bones. And you develop bone cancers. That's really the biggest thing. And, um, and it really how quickly you develop this bone cancer depends on the dosage. But because they were doing it at such small dosage over a long period of time, it was not necessarily automatically visible that something was wrong until months or sometimes even a year or years after. And also since they were taken into their mouth, it was getting exposed to the soft tissue. Yep. And they said it's almost like the photons would fire when they get into soft tissue. It's like a machine gun just going off in their mouth, you know, like a subatomic like the the, yep. on the cells. And it would quickly cause the cells to die. And that's why a lot of them at first, these women you're going to see, were complaining about toothaches at first. Yep. That's what discovered them, right? Yeah. Dentists were yeah, the first ones. Yes. Yeah, so dentists were some of the first ones. And you can just Google pictures of something called a radium jaw, which that's is a not, condition where these Google abscesses that. grow completely unchecked across like the lower face. Once that starts to happen, if you see somebody, the victim is almost certainly going to die. And that's what happened to one of these radium girls in January of 1922. A woman by the name of Molly um, Magda, Magda got a Magda, tooth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She went to the dentist and he took a molar out. A few weeks later, she went back, right, the tooth pulled another one out. But the wounds, because your body is just so destroyed, her wounds never healed. Yeah, so she got grew, like these painful ulcers and basically yeah, started bleeding together. with pus. Yeah, it seeped blood and pus into her mouth and more teeth had to come out. And then by May... Her dentist said, All right, you need some surgery to remove these abscesses found in your jaw. And when he got to the gums open, the bone didn't look right. So he like he pushed it and it just like fell apart. Literally it fell, fell apart. apart. Literally like like ashes in a fireplace is what it's described as. Because it was just it was just done. And so instead of removing a tumor, he just literally just dug out her entire jaw with nothing but his fingers. All right. Yeah. And like because the radium just in the we got into the bone cells and stripped them of all their calcium and it just shredded it. I mean, it's just like a pile of splinters in her in her mouth. They had to take the rest of her jaw out and then um, got into her lower ear. And then basically eight months after her first toothache, she died from a tumor um, in her jugular vein that flooded her throat with blood. And basically she choked to death in a massive hemorrhage in her bed. That's and crazy. Like, and, and then they realized this wasn't the only girl this was happening to because it was passing through the gums into the blood. And that's how they, a lot of them were starting to get sick. Yeah. Yeah. They said over 50 women died uh, from exposure by radiation um, by 1927. And these radium the girls, I mean, the radium girls initially were known as radium girls, not because they were dying, but because of the fact that they were like luminous in a sense, like, you know, they, you could yeah, they were glowing. Yeah. Was, they were it, glowing. They were you wanted to be like them. They were someone to look yep. up to almost. They wanted to get that job. But then the factory owners were like, well, we don't want to admit that it's radium. So I'm sure you saw what they were saying that how Molly died. Like, mm -hmm. it's kind of just like, Talk about like throwing like salt in the wound. They're saying a lot of these other women who died, oh no, they didn't have radium, radium still safe. They had syphilis and that's yeah. what killed them. Like they might trying to like discredit them like they are doing, discredit you know, them. they're promiscuous yeah. and they have, you know, and syphilis could kill you. It could kill you back then. Yeah. And it was, but it was also, it was like, a, it was a sexually transmitted disease. Yeah. yeah. So if you caught it, it was like, oh, you know, you're on pure and stuff like that. And exactly. I don't really want to talk about it. But there were some of these women like, mm, 
like the friends were like, no, she wasn't. That's no, there's no way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it kind of like they were questioning things a little bit more. And then they actually had doctors come in that were yeah. obviously hired by the, by the company. And they just said, no, yeah. everything's fine. And they're like, all right. <laughs> well, no, interesting that's... because they had two different sets of doctors. What I was reading is that one, so there was basically so much controversy growing from this because these girls are dying and they keep on saying like, no, it's not because of this. It's not because of this. And remember, this still is a very high paying job, but women are like, mm, like, is this what I really want to be doing here? So they commissioned these independent studies, basically. Yeah. And one concluded, like you said, one concluded that it's fine. It's not bad in the small dosages. And the other one concluded like, no, this is actually what's doing it. So they basically yeah. ignored that those findings like they, they were like they liked, yeah yeah we're just not gonna use those commission findings um and any girl that got ill they basically kept on saying like oh that's because of you know syphilis or other unpure another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Whatever, maybe. Um, in 1925, a pathologist named Harrison Martland develops yeah, a test. he's the one that changed it. Yeah, he develops a test that basically proves conclusively that radium is literally what poisons these women when it, you know, with that they, if they work in the watch painting business. He's basically saying this is it. This is the level. This is the level of radium um, that is in their system. And this is what's destroying their bodies from the inside out. So the radium industry actually goes after this guy and they try to discredit his findings. Right. The idea is like, oh, he's not he's not. That's not true. He's not right. And they wind up paying these companies actually pay local doctors and dentists that these women are going to to say like this, to just say it's not us, say it's not radium. So you're literally like paying people. I mean, but even the inventor of radium dial paint, right? The, yeah, he died. He, he died dies from, from it. it in 20 He got it on his hands. Yeah, he had like hand cancer that spreads the rest of his body. Um, but one of the big things that they do is they actually um, dig up um, Molly's corpse. Yep. They test it and she showed no signs of syphilis, but was clearly showed signs of radiation poisoning. And they're like, this is it. And the, and what's interesting about this case too is that it's starting is that it's being followed by the mainstream press. The press yep. is looking at this, and then a lot of what's going on in New Jersey is being heard in other parts of the country. Oh, she's doing the same thing, particularly one in Illinois. Once they hear about what's going on in Jersey, the women at that plant are questioning their the owners and stuff, and they're still saying no, it's fine. They, those women there were sick from other from other issues. Well, you and, know, you did mention one thing when so they dug up out. her grave; her bones were literally glowing. Glowing, yeah. Yeah, they said that she was. She had so much radiation in her remains that she was glowing. Like I, I thought that was so eerie. But what's what's interesting here is because, like you said, like once this gets exposed to other companies, specifically the radium dial company, right in uh, Illinois. By then, their the New Jersey case is kind of settled out of court, based on what I read. Correct. Well, yeah. So eventually, they do settle out of court, be simply because they kind of have no, they have no choice. Because what happened was, all these girls knew they weren't going to survive much longer. They were, they were sick. Uh, many of them could not even raise their hand to swear, uh, yeah. swear in when they were brought on trial. That's how sick they were, and they basically wanted some sort of um, compensation for 
you know, they're paying suffering. They wanted to pay for yep. their own, basically wanted to pay for their own funerals. And they did get a um, good amount of money for the time. They yep. got, what was it? $10,000 yep. each, which um, was equivalent to like 125 grand at the time. And in um, later cases, actually, they were they did get more um, as far as what they were given some larger stipends to last longer. Yeah, they were given nine, what nine nine thousand dollars every year. But that was the thing. Be- Think about it. Why are they doing that? Because they know these women are going to live, right? So it's like we'll give you your money. Yeah, you know, for every for, however, like every month, for as long as you live. I yeah. mean, there were some that lived to be one hundred and four, one hundred and seven. I saw. Yeah, but um, yeah, but a lot of them it, did not. Yeah, but it actually went all the way up to Supreme Court. Is that the Radium Dial Corporation um, just kept on pushing this further and further and further? They just refused to accept the fact. Because what happened was they, they were eventually they went bankrupt, but they were still being found litigated. Yeah, but this is the Radium Dial Company. This is the one in Illinois, yeah. right? That's the one in Illinois. Yeah, but they were yeah. using the information from from New Jersey, uh, New Jersey, in order in order yeah. to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get into that one a little bit because. The very first one that we talked about was the New Jersey U.S. Radium Corporation, right? Yeah, so they um, settled. They settled out of court. Um, yep. And then if the corporation will eventually go will eventually go bankrupt from this. Yep. But, and um, because of this case, as you mentioned, it gets national attention what these women are talking about and these women are complaining about in a sense of like rightfully so, like what the hell is happening here, which brings us to Illinois, Ottawa, Illinois, Radium Dial Company. So different company. Um, it's in 1922. It's set up in a town's former high school. And very much like the United States Radium Corporation, the purpose of it is to paint dials on clocks, right? The biggest client was West Clocks Corporation. And they appeared in like the West Clocks, which is a very known company at the time, uh, Big Ben, Baby Ben, and Travel Clocks. So very much like the United States Radium Corporation, it targets young women the idea is like get the young women in here and the same premise lip dip paint right like it's okay everything's fine but these women a lot of more of these women survive versus the ones in new jersey because now these women are starting to use the information that's come out of new jersey to really voice their concerns they start showing a lot of employees in radium dial company start showing uh poisoning same radium. sicknesses yeah this yeah is the same thing in 26 27 yep the exact same things. So then you have the leadership of the company actually authorizes physicians and other tests to determine the toxicity of this radium paint. Um, so it finds out, right, that it actually is toxic, but then they never give these records to the employees. So it's almost like the employees are complaining. Yeah. The company goes and checks it and they're like, oh, crap, this is this is bad. They actually, they're doing tests on the girls too, the women, and yep. they find large amounts in their system and they're not telling them the results of these tests, yep. which right there is like, the, that's just the definition of, I guess, greed and evil. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, imagine like they, they're still saying, oh, it's fine. We got the test back. Everything's good. And they just take them as their word because, again, they had no reason not to. That's not going to yeah. happen nowadays. People are going to want to see the results. They're going to be questioning it. This is what ushers in that whole idea that you can't just trust you know the people in charge i guess yeah. right like this is before that you, you just that was that was your supervisor that was your boss you just trust them yeah. this is before you know unions even yeah no unions are fairly new i mean you, you yeah, at this point not just new but you fight unions i mean early 1900s yeah. union they're considered the enemy well it was uni- union. unions were seen as communist yeah crazy so also, when the New Jersey women's stories started coming out and appearing in local papers in Illinois, um, the women that worked at the Radium Dial Company brought them in and they're like, uh, do you guys read this? And even then, 
there was a lot of discrediting of the New Jersey women saying that, yeah, they died from viral infections. Remember, this was syphilis. There's other things. It's not it. So just like go back to work. Everything's safe. And then weirdly, I found this interesting. They said, oh, you know, here's this new glass pen with a fine point that has radium in it. So instead of using a brush, you could use this glass. Like it's almost like they're trying to like say like just yeah yeah use this this instead but then it took too long to it took longer we had like i guess redo the paint a lot more yep then you did it just didn't hold as much paint and they wouldn't they wouldn't get as many watches done so they're like we don't want to use this they often went back to using the normal brush the camel hair brush because they were able to get more watches done and more watches meant more money yep so what happens in illinois because of the case in the new jersey case and the media attention that it garners it's kind of like a media sensation, really, that surrounds the case in New Jersey. It triggers a lot of enactment of regulations governing like labor safety standards, specifically in New Jersey initially and eventually across the United States. But in Illinois, women begin to ask for compensation for medical bills, specifically dental bills, as early as yeah, as early as 1927. And the idea is like, listen, I need money for being sick or dying. You know, my wife is dying. I have two kids, like husbands started coming out. This idea of like, we need to get compensated for this. So into the mid 1930s, um, an official suit is brought before the Illinois Industrial Commission, right? The IIC. In 1937, five women find an attorney by the name of Leonard Grossman, and he decides to represent them in front of the commission, right? But few things that are interesting. One, it took a long time for these women to find an attorney that was willing to go after a corporation. That's one. And two, by the time they got Leonard Grossman to actually represent them, Radium Dial Company had already closed and it it moved its offices to New York, right? So the Illinois Industrial Commission um, did wind up retaining like a $10,000 deposit that was left by Radium Dial Company. Um, But basically, the Radium Dial Company said, all we have is a $10,000 um, we have no other money to cover any of the insurance or costs of these employees' suits. So it's almost like company's closed. We can't pay you. Sorry. And then in '38, the Illinois Industrial Commission actually rules in favor of the women. So Leonard Grossman wins the suit. However, the attorney representing the interests of the company itself, the radium dial, appeals, hoping to get a verdict overturned, meaning that he's trying to basically discredit what discredit these women are finding. Women, yeah. Right, and this never happens. Yeah, they they just keeps on going and going and going. Oh, they keep on appealing and appealing and appealing. Yeah, it went. I went eight times. It was they actually the the girls won the case eight times before the radium dial company was finally forced to pay. Yeah, Supreme Supreme Court Court made the decision. Right, thirty nine. Well, they didn't make. They just refused to hear the case, and that just kicks it down to the um to the lower court's ruling was upheld. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That was on October twenty third, nineteen thirty nine, which is insane. That it was that was going on this long, and it was crazy. Is they're still they were still using this paint during that whole time. Yeah, there was some safety. Some companies were using more safety precautions. They were putting they were wearing suits, or they were wearing you know behind lead plates and stuff like that. They weren't using the the lip dip and you know stick whatever, whatever technique still. quite as quite as much. Um, so they weren't ingesting it. They kind of realized this isn't going to work. Um, but it was still there, and like it really it shows that the Radium Girl Saga is it's an important place in the history of like health. But also like labor rights too. It's really important yeah. because they started safety standards were like enhanced for the decades going after this. Um, it took a long time, but it's it's still there. A lot of occupational disease labor laws were put in place because of what happened in, in this. But we said radium paint was still used in dials as late as the nineteen seventies, like in sporadic, sporadically in places. Which before it, it shifts to um, they use different ones. So like we said, it's not it's not based on that anymore. 
Well, look at this idea. Like, you try to f- calculate, right? How women suffered through from this radiation and rather ingestion of radiation. Well, it made them all. It made them all sterile too. That's something we forgot yeah. to say. Part of the, that was like the first thing that happened. They didn't even realize it, but it makes them unable to have children. Yeah, they said that the effects would effects. be continuously felt, obviously for the rest of their lives, but if through various forms of cancer. But a half life of radium poisoning, yeah. right? The half life is sixteen hundred years. Yeah. So, it wasn't so once away. the radium is inside the women's bodies, it's there for good. Like, which is why if you were to dig up some of those bodies today, and not that you would want to go do that, those bodies and bones are still glowing right now as we're talking about in twenty twenty two. They've said that if you went to their grave sites, uh, Geiger counter will click like several thousand. Like it's going to go off because their bodies are emitting. Radiation, wow. not enough that's going to kill any, you know, but like it's emitting enough radiation that if you stay there long enough, you're going to get, you know, bombarded with what you normally would. And to be honest, you get bombarded radiation all the time. Like oh, a lot yeah, of you the, get an x-ray, uh, go for it. A lot it. of the radium stuff like that. But lot, even if the, you like those signs that glow that like light up, yeah. like the exit signs and stuff like that in schools and stuff like they use radon gas in it, but it's used to put in glass tubes now. And it's very different if it does somehow break the half-life is only 12 years. And yeah. if it does break, it uh, it dis- it's like you know gets diluted in the air pretty fast. So it, it's it's a different type of thing. And instead of using radium in a lot of them, they use something known as a per- um, promethium, which is much again a much later, a much um, shorter half life. But it's that same idea of that like you know luminescent paint or luminescent materials giving off the energy. You learn something new every day. It's a uh, little science or history, right? Bridging each other. That. Look at that cross curricular. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Our, our, our administrators would like that. But then again, you're an administrator, so you would like that. Science teachers talking. That's going to be the next podcast. <laughs> Another thing, if you, if you probably saw that, I skipped it before, but this is interesting. When women started going to get like just checked up medical investigations and different scans, and they started using the x-ray machines on them, uh, the yeah, companies try to say that the reason they really got sick is because they got themselves checked and x-ray machines is what actually gave them the radiation that made them sick, not the fact that they were in a hospital or the doctor's so again, office. They're trying to from, discredit them. They're trying to also dis, uh, and discourage them from going to get checked to out. The doctor, you yeah. It, it was it was the X ray that, that gave them those things. You know that gave that made them sick, not the uh, not the radium. Anything that just saved the company and save the you know save the bottom dollar, which is like I know that's part of greed. That's part of corporate, especially yeah, but you don't want time. to kill people. Probably still going. But they didn't see it as killing people. They just saw it as, you know, it was workers. It was, um, there was going to be other girls that would, that would do it. You know what I mean? They're like, we're paying them. We're paying them. We, we, it's not our fault that they got sick. But that's not what happened because eventually it, you know, leads into, like we said, the creation of OSHA, which, yeah. you know, still exists today. It's the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. And they're going to check these things. They check workplace conditions. Um, everywhere, just factories, schools, you name it, they will come in and, and check it to make sure that there's no violations. I know they always come into schools, right? You have to make sure that, like, you know, the plugs are far enough apart and you don't have like, microwaves plugged in with like refrigerators, just things that simple, but obviously, you know, air samples and radiation levels. So, I mean, if you have a watch, guys, that has luminous paint that was created before 1968, highly yeah, likely. It was created with radium paint. Oh, they said there's millions of them still out there. Millions of them. We should do a podcast on like asbestos. Doesn't sound historical though. I don't know. That sounds but, kind of uh, depressing too. That, but, that yeah. sounds kind of depressing. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but radiation back then was still considered. I remember I was looking. Um, 
I used to do this one thing where we looked at them, some of the most dangerous toys. We were looking at like negligence and stuff like that. And it was always like the ones on there were negligence, like, you know, lawn, lawn darts from like the 70s and stuff like that, like things of that nature. But the most dangerous toy of all time was a um, my own radiation kit. And it actually came with a piece of like radioactive material. And you would use that to like play games and stuff like that and, you know, hide it and go find it using a Geiger counter. Like that was like the game. It was my radiation kit and stuff Jeez. like that. And I think you can, you can find them on eBay apparently, but without the radioactive element because that would you can't ship that. And I don't know what happened to them. But imagine that like you're letting a kid play around with radioactive material. But it, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was fine. It was safe. Yeah, let's not do that. No, it wasn't going to fly. But that was from, that was from the, I think, the 50s probably. Nuts. So it was still, you know, it was still commonplace then until they really fully, fully understood really what was going on, which was, you know, shortly after World War II, they started, you know, radiation poisoning and a bit more detailed on it. This is a story that people obviously know of from the, um, from the Netflix show, right? Radium, Netflix movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's on Netflix, Radium Girls. I know there's a play, right? Radium, uh, Radium Girls. That's yeah. My there. son's actually in it. Um, yeah, so he's, there you he's go. literally doing that like in a couple of weeks. And I know there's, there's like poems, there's short stories, there's short movies, because it's one of those stories that I guess people probably heard of. And when you hear about it, we might hear about it a little bit more here in New Jersey, simply because, you know, one of the ones happened here, West Orange is not that far from where you and I live. So, you know, you definitely heard about it, you remember hearing about it, but it's, it's an event that definitely changed America. Yeah. Like 100%. big time. I mean, without OSHA, without the occupational labor laws, like it's a very, very different place. I would say this is a big one. Obviously, the Triangle Shirt Face Factory, right? Obviously, yeah. changed a lot of labor laws and stuff like that. And but even like looking into the fact, like how much research was done on radium exposure, it really, yeah. you know, yeah, that's true it, too. Yeah, it helped even when we were doing like atomic weapons Test. in Manhattan Project and Test, and like yeah. tests of nuclear weapons. Most of the security measures taken against radiation for nuclear issues stem from scientists doing experiments on these radium exposures on these girls in the early yeah. you know 20th century that's what's applied to safety measures in the 30s and and 40s um just crazy stuff anyway i think that was a an interesting and yet quite depressing story to say to well, that's why that's what a lot of you know history is you know you have to learn from the story so you don't repeat it right those who so don't understand history are doomed to repeat it. So it's just one of those stories. Like, you know, whenever there's new things discovered, you really have to look and see, all right, what are the ramifications? How's it going to affect not just, you know, the environment, but, you know, people as a whole? Like, what's it going to do? You know, there's people out there that say um, Wi-Fi and 5Gs, like the 5G for like phones and stuff, are, you know, can affect people and animals and stuff like that. I don't know. I know there's been some studies, but who knows? Maybe a 20 years from now, 30 years from now, there'll be even more studies on it. Who knows what else they'll discover? Dude, that's kind of freaky if you think about it. Because think about it. I mean, I, I usually listen to podcasts and stuff to fall asleep. My phone <laughs> is always there somewhere. Like, what's the yeah, risk it's... of cell phones and cancer? I mean, that's still not – because it's still fairly well, like, new, it, right? I mean, you're yeah, studying well, – fairly new, fairly new. But it does give off radiation to some of how much and what, you know, things of that nature, but – as of now, based on go. the recent studies, <laughs> it says that phone usage usage does not cause brain or other kinds of cancer in humans. But these radium girls were also told that radium was cool and they should drink radium tonics. So let's uh, let's wait a few more decades and see where we're at. Oh, that's depressing. I shouldn't have finished that way. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. On that note. Uh, as always, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, you know, hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoy recording these. 
If you need to find us, you can do so at www.historyteacherstalkingpodcast.com. If you have any questions, comments, or anything else, please feel free. We are there. So thank you so much, guys, and we'll see you guys next week. Stay safe, everybody. I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast, and if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. Mad Magazine. Advertising mascots. B-movie posters. And cartoons. Oh yeah, can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place. The sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com.